Welcome back to Counseling Tips for Pastors and Ministry Leaders. This is a podcast meant to encourage you and equip you for whatever ministry you might be in and how to respond to, notice, support with, deal with the mental health, emotional, and relational struggles that so many people in your church or in your ministry are dealing with. My name is Jess Hayes, and I am the director of the nonprofit counseling center, I Hope Christian Care and Counseling. We are a distinctly Christian nonprofit in Florence, South Carolina, and I am a licensed counselor and a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, and I Hope is happy to sponsor this podcast. We have an audio version and a video version. Um, you can also grab more resources on the website. My plan is to turn this into a blog. There's a lot of dreams and visions and goals, but time is limited. So we'll see how exactly how far that goes. But I know that our conversation today will be helpful for you. So let's dive in. In our last episode, we took a look at some common warning signs or red flags that you might notice about depression. If, and again, maybe it's for you, um, but definitely someone in your church, someone in your neighborhood, someone in your school, someone you know is struggling with depression right now. And that doesn't mean you will notice every warning sign, but I think God does want us to be wise and intentional. And so that's what this podcast is about. So let me pull up my notes here. Um, So we already talked through the warning signs that you might notice, but then there's the question, okay, what next? What do I do if I am concerned that the person I'm talking to or someone in my life might be struggling with depression? Well, if it's an immediate safety concern, if someone is coming to you saying, I just can't take it anymore. I think I'm going to kill myself. I just can't take it anymore. I'm really worried about my son, my husband, my whoever, and I'm worried that they're going to hurt themselves. Take that seriously. Might it be just a call for attention? Sure. But do you really want to see what else they might do to try to get your attention? We need to take these things seriously. And I would encourage you to call 988 for emergency mental health support. That is the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They also have a website, 988lifeline.org. They've got a lot of good resources and they can help in the moment. Whether you're the one struggling and that's why you're calling, or you're with someone who is struggling, or you're just maybe a little concerned, you want some ideas, they can give some very practical, um, in the moment, help and support. You can always, of course, call 911 or go straight to the emergency room, but 988 has been developed as that emergency mental health side of things. So if it is a crisis in the moment, don't be afraid to call. I, it's very, I'm not going to say it's impossible. Nothing's impossible, but it's very rare that someone would be bothered that you're concerned. Oh, wow, this person's listening to me and they care about me. That's a good thing. And so if you're concerned, make the call, reach out, try to have the conversation. Now, on maybe more of the one-on-one, what can you do in your day-to-day life or in your church or in your ministry, I would absolutely encourage you, if you're noticing warning signs, Start a conversation, get together with that person, share what you're concerned about, ask them how they're feeling, ask them what's going on in their life. Um, Now, if there's a gender difference here, maybe you're a male 
pastor worried about a female in your church congregation, you probably want to include another female in that conversation. Um, There's a variety of reasons why that might be helpful, but you want to be mindful of those things. But reach out to that person. It doesn't have to be one-on-one, but you probably don't want it to be a really large group. That would be very intimidating and unlikely that they would be honest. Uh, They might be, but, but that's going to be intimidating for them. Try to have a conversation and, you know, classic kind of best practices in the counseling world would include um, the reality that if you really are concerned, they might hurt themselves. You don't have to shy away from that language. I'm not saying it's not awkward, but if they're thinking about killing themselves, if they're thinking about suicide, you're not planting a seed by putting that word into the conversation. And you can, you want to frame it in the context that you are concerned about them. Hey, I'm noticing this, this, and this, and it makes me a little bit concerned. How are you feeling? What are you thinking about? And as that conversation goes on, you might need to ask, well, it kind of makes me worried. Are you thinking about hurting yourself? Have you thought about killing yourself? It's okay to ask those questions, especially in the context of a caring conversation. And so don't be afraid to have the conversation. Don't be afraid to reach out. And don't be afraid also to involve other people who might be helpful. I talked about kind of that gender um, gap. You know, you want to be mindful of that. How are other people going to think this conversation is going? What sort of emotional connection are you building with this person? We want to think about those things. Um, But you also want to think about, is this a child or a teenager? Well, it makes sense probably to include the parents or their guardian in this conversation. Maybe not the first conversation, but definitely as things move forward and you're trying to get help, you don't wanna be the only person trying to help them. Include the young person's parents. If they're married, try to include their spouse. Um, Help them plug into a friend group, a Bible study, a small group. Get them connected with more people in the community. That doesn't mean you need to share all of their background or their baggage or even share that you're concerned, but you want to build or help them to build relationships, natural relationships in their life. And it might be helpful to recommend counseling. There's a ton of places you could look for counseling. Um, I will just mention two because I know they have national databases you can easily access online, focus on the family has a a counseling network. You can go in and say, well, this is where I am and do a search and it'll pull up people who um, are in their network. And then the American Association of Christian Counselors also has a similar network to go online, tell them where you are, and they'll show you um, the results from local people who are Christians, who are, you know, not necessarily preaching the Bible in every session. Different Christians handle that differently in their counseling sessions. Um, But if you're meeting with someone and they need support beyond what you can offer, maybe because you don't have enough time or expertise, or it's just you're really uncomfortable with the topic or you're really good friends with them or whatever it is, plenty of things might get in the way of you being the one to offer a longer term counseling. Try to help them connect with someone who can. 
might be online, might be face-to-face. If you're here locally in Florence, South Carolina, um, call the iHope Center. You know, if we can't help you, we'll try to connect you with someone who can. They might want to call their insurance company. There's a lot of options. But at the end of the day, if you're worried about someone, the Lord does not want us to stand idly by. He wants us to care for his people, to show compassion and love, to offer kindness, but also to offer practical support. So start a conversation, involve others who are helpful, and prioritize safety. Now, I already mentioned calling 988 for emergency support. Depending on your relationship with this person in your ministry, you know, maybe you're actually sitting down to kind of talk through a safety plan, get the guns out of the house, lock up the medications, you know, whatever it is that they are specifically concerned about, getting them connected with a support group or something like that. Don't take these things lightly, but also let me remind you, don't take these things exclusively on your own shoulders because that is not how God operates. He developed us. He created, developed us. That's not quite the right word. Definitely not the right theological word. He created us for relationship with him, but also with each other. So you can grab a free resource. We have a simple PDF for you outlining some of these warning signs and the what to do recommendations. Um, And again, 988lifeline.org. They have a ton of resources. Um, You can grab those freebies. Again, reach out, leave a review or send an email. Let us know if there are particular topics you'd like for us to cover. Um, And we are going to continue on this journey here on the podcast of offering encouraging and equipping counseling tips for pastors and ministry leaders. So you can learn more about the iHope Center at ihopeflorence.com. And uh, we'll be back next week with more. And so we'll talk to you then.